Welcome to Minnesota Matters. I'm Scott Peterson, and I'm joined by MNN's Bill Werner, Tasha Radel, and Mike Grimm. We're going to delve into what's going on in the North Star State. If it matters in Minnesota, we've got it covered. This week, the latest at the state capitol, an update from a Minnesota man with family ties in Ukraine and the Golden Gophers give back to the community. But first... For an update on what's happening with Russia and Ukraine, I recently spoke with U.S. Senator Amy Klobuchar. Well, I have long been involved in uh, Ukraine uh, from going there with John McCain uh, years ago when the first invasion occurred on the front line uh, and meeting widows of those that had been killed and then returned in the last delegation before the war started and this time uh, went to Poland and was on the front line with uh, Democratic and Republican senators. The refugees were just flowing in, Scott. Uh, there, Many of them had just made the decision to leave that morning because we were only 15 miles away from where the missiles hit the Ukrainian training center, killing over 30 people, injuring many more. And... Uh, the Polish people have just embraced uh, the Ukrainians. Over 1.7 million are now in Poland, um, nearly all of them taken into either private homes or single dwellings um, because the Polish people um, believe that they're going to stand up for democracy. And their own country has been invaded in the past by the Nazis and the Russians and the Prussians and the Habsburgs and Uh, This time, uh, they're standing up tall and taking in the refugees, and that's made a big difference. Uh, A big part of why this is is so important to us here in America is that it does really have a lot to do with democracy. Is that something that you could maybe just uh, elaborate on for me a little bit? I mean, what really is at stake here for for Minnesotans that that see this in the news but uh, don't necessarily have a real sense of what's going on there how important is this for democracy? Uh, it is critical because you have a despot, you have a thug invading a neighboring country for really no reason except he thinks he can. And I think he thought he was going to be greeted by rose petals and instead he got Molotov cocktails. And it's also a really a, a, a major affront to other democracies. That's why we have NATO to stand on that front and to make sure that he isn't going into NATO countries, while at the same time uh, we are helping uh, the Ukrainians with weapons. And that has been a big ask when I met with President Zelensky in Ukraine as one of just a few senators that met with him right before the war started. Uh, that was his ask then. And they have been incredibly agile, the Ukrainians, in taking on this mega Soviet army, and they've been doing an air force. They've been doing it with stingers. They've been doing it with drones. And now the announcement yesterday that they've been using Turkish drones, uh, but we're going to be sending them American drones, some of which are the switchblade drones, which are kind of killer drones, uh, which are even more effective in taking down aircraft. Um, And they've been really waging kind of a guerrilla warfare, hiding planes in barns and doing all kinds of things. Uh, and as you know, everyone, a man between 18 and 60 that's able-bodied um, is uh, staying to fight, and a lot of women are doing the same. President Zelensky appealed to Congress via video for, for more support. How much of an impact did that have on you personally after having been in the region? 
Well, I've been advocating for support on his behalf, his country's behalf, for a while and had already told my colleagues about a recent uh, request that we got when we were in Poland, met with the defense minister, um, and I believe that we should be sending more, and now we are. Um, as well as I mentioned, the drones, more javelins that have been really powerful against the tanks, more light anti-armor weapons, over 20 million rounds of small arms ammunition, 25,000 sets of body armor and helmets, and 100 grenade launchers. Um, all of this based on what's been working. Stingers and drones have been working. The javelins been working on the tanks. Um, and then, of course, protection and regular ammunition as well. You know, we're we're hearing every so often that things are slowing down for Russia and that they're uh, they're they're standing back to some extent. Um, how fearful are you that something like this could potentially uh, cause Putin to be e- even more desperate and take more desperate measures? Is that something to be concerned about? Well, of course, because what he is doing um, has not been rational at all. He, you know, invaded an innocent democracy. Great cost to his own country, ruble devalued to a place where no one thought possible. Uh, businesses pulling out left and right of his country, oil exports uh, down because many countries, including the U.S., aren't taking them anymore from Russia. Um, it has just been an assault on his economy deliberately because of what he did. And I don't think he imagined that the world's democracies, and not just NATO, but countries all over the world, would unite like this. So, again, because what he did at the beginning was not rational, um, you don't know what his next step will be. But we certainly know that the answer for democracies around the world is not to turn our backs on the Ukrainian people, because then he'll just roll all over them and then probably roll into another country. Um, And so that's rational, what we're doing. But I cannot predict what his next step is. And, Senator, at this point, is, is Congress pretty much on, on board and in agreement on the handling of uh, Russia's invasion of Ukraine at this point? Is this something that is uh, bipartisan support? Yeah, I would, say, I would say pretty much. You saw in the State of the Union, the uh, president, when the president spoke, uh, Congress multiple times together standing for what he'd said and his ability to bring the countries together. You saw with President Zelensky's speech, United Congress owns yelling stuff out or or saying things they shouldn't. Um, there were, of course, differences in tactics about the issue with the original uh, Polish planes and other things, and that's going to happen. You know, people have spirited discussions and disagreements, but overall, what I see around here, I think someone that's now taken two bipartisan trips, uh, one recently with Senator Portman and Wicker, two prominent Republicans, uh, there's a lot of unity on taking on Putin and stopping um, his uh, dastardly attack and invasion on a democracy. Thank you to my guest, U.S. Senator Amy Klobuchar. Minnesota Matters will return after this. Minnesota Rural Electric Cooperatives, 
Who are we? We're your neighbors, coworkers, and friends. That's right, we live and work in the community too. Because of that, we're committed to making sure our electric services stay reliable, affordable, and safe. Throughout the state, Minnesota electric co-ops work independent of each other, but with the same goal, provide power to Minnesota. You have so many other things to worry about. Your electricity isn't one of them. Minnesota Rural Electric Cooperatives, bringing power to the people of Minnesota. Considering an online pharmacy? Explore BeSafeRx to find useful information and resources to help you purchase medicines safely online. A safe online pharmacy requires a doctor's prescription, has an address in the United States, has a licensed pharmacist, and is licensed by a state pharmacy board. It's best to stay away from online pharmacies that don't meet these criteria. Discover more helpful tips and resources at BeSafeRx. Go to FDA.gov slash BeSafeRx. Welcome back to Minnesota Matters. Tax rebates versus tax cuts, the crime wave, and mining in northern Minnesota. All topics getting attention during a busy week at the Minnesota Legislature. Bill Werner is here to bring us up to date. Scott, Governor Tim Walz in his revised budget proposal this week made official an idea that he floated when a new economic forecast came out at the end of February, namely larger tax rebate checks than he originally proposed. $1,000 for married couples, $500 for single filers, prompted by a surplus which grew to over $9 billion. It would be about $2 billion of the surplus and send it back in checks right now to make a difference at the pump, to make a difference at the grocery store. Senate Majority Leader Jeremy Miller responds Republicans' plan is permanent ongoing tax relief. Not just one time, but it's permanent ongoing. So Minnesotans have more money, more money in their pockets every single paycheck on a permanent, ongoing basis. Democrats say Republicans' plan would also benefit wealthy Minnesotans, many of whom they say did well during the pandemic. Senate Republicans continue pushing hard on their anti-crime agenda, including a committee hearing, although no vote this week, on a bill that would require Minnesota's county attorneys to inform state lawmakers of all cases they do not prosecute, even though there is probable cause. Princeton Senator Andrew Matthews says offenders... A decision was made not to prosecute, and shortly thereafter, they're back out and committing more crimes. Hennepin County Attorney Mike Freeman, lead prosecutor in the state's most populous county, says Minnesota law gives prosecutors discretion to pursue a case only when a crime can be proven in court beyond a reasonable doubt. Freeman adds in recent carjacking cases, Virtually all of those juveniles are held awaiting the first court appearance. Virtually all of them. And that's not what some of the chiefs in Hennepin County have been saying. They were wrong. Republican Senator Bill Ingebrigtsen from Alexandria said, I personally know of about three years ago, there were 47 small-time drug dealers in Minneapolis that were arrested. 46 of them were black. And those charges were dropped because 46 of them were black. But Freeman says, We shouldn't charge any case that doesn't have sufficient admissible evidence to prove at trial beyond a reasonable doubt that the person committed the crime. Freeman contends it's about using limited resources most effectively. Also this week, what Republicans say was Tuesday's deadline to avoid business tax increases came and went with no agreement on replenishing the state's unemployment insurance fund, which has been depleted by COVID. Senate GOP Majority Leader Jeremy Miller. Senate passed that bill four weeks ago. 
everyone four weeks ago with strong bipartisan support. The House has not even acted on the bill. They haven't even brought it up for a vote. House Democrats say Republicans refuse to expand COVID bonuses to cover all of Minnesota's frontline workers. Democrats want a billion dollars from the budget surplus for that. Miller says Republicans are more than happy to continue discussing the previously agreed on $250 million. However, our proposal we like better. Uh, the proposal that Senate Republicans put out provides permanent, ongoing tax relief for all working Minnesotans. Democrats reiterate Republicans' tax relief would also include wealthy Minnesotans, something they say they will not go along with. Governor Walz's comment this week as that deadlock continued. We need to know that you just at some point in time need to make a decision. Uh, may not be 100% accepted. It may not be the 100% exactly what you wanted, but it's a decision that works for people in Minnesota to move forward. Iron Range Senator Tom Bach, frustrated with mining permit cancellations, is pushing a bill through the state Senate that would require the DNR have a public dashboard outlining status and delays in proposed projects. Bach, an independent from Cook, pointing to an expected shortage of critical metals like nickel due to the war in Ukraine and its ripple effects, noting it was Minnesota iron ore that helped win World War II. The steel that made all the tanks, all the aircraft carriers, all the battleships, almost totally came from Minnesota's iron range. So we're damn proud of the contribution that we've made to the world. And now we're sitting on a deposit of non-ferrous metals that the world needs and that our country needs. DNR's Katie Smith responded that agency is already being transparent on proposed mining projects. We meet routinely and frequently with project proposers. And by this week's filing deadline, well over a dozen candidates from a number of political parties threw their hats into the ring to serve the balance of the late 1st District Congressman Jim Hagedorn's term in office. Scott? Thank you, Bill. Minnesota Matters returns after this. Welcome back to Minnesota Matters. Minnesotans continue to stand by Ukraine in any way they can. Tasha Radel caught up with a Minnesotan who has family living in the center of the war as the Russian attacks continue. A couple of weeks ago on the show, I introduced you to Stephen Vitvitsky, a second-generation Ukrainian-American living in the Twin Cities. Earlier this week, I reached out to Stephen to get his reaction to Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky's address to Congress and asked him what he took away from the president's remarks. Yeah, thanks for asking. Um, I thought President Zelensky's speech was very effective, uh, as evidenced by the comments from various members of Congress from both parties afterwards. Um, it seemed like everyone uh, said that they were deeply moved by what he shared. I think that he effectively described both the specifics of what's happening in Ukraine today to Ukrainians every day, and also really framed up the big picture issues that are in play. I also think that the video he shared with Congress was a unprecedented, but also a really true depiction of the gruesome daily experience of Ukrainian civilians across the country. Stephen, another thing that really stuck out to me is when President Zelensky suggested people think of the proposed no-fly zone over Ukraine as more of a humanitarian no-fly zone. Yeah, I think the narrative regarding the no-fly zone has gotten away from all of us a little bit. Um, everyone's really focused on that phrase, no-fly zone, but the ultimate goal here is to secure Ukrainian skies, to secure the skies over Ukraine. 
And so the first choice um, in that, in terms of a means to that end, is a no-fly zone, and the Ukrainians have repeatedly and urgently pretty much daily called for that. Um, but certainly I'll, I'll acknowledge, and I think Zelensky today acknowledged in his speech, that there seems to be insufficient political will for it, uh, which is perplexing simply because, uh, according to a Reuters poll last week, 74% of Americans support a no-fly zone explicitly. But um, I think it's important for us to think about the other ways in which uh, the West can help secure Ukraine's skies. And so, um, you know, as I said a moment ago, the no-fly zone is a means to an end. Uh, and there are other things that the Ukrainians have asked for that, again, we've thus far been hesitant to provide. For example, um, MiG fighter jets from uh, former Soviet satellite republics like Poland, uh, nations that were uh, in the Soviet sphere of influence, uh, as well as advanced air defense systems. Um, and those are the things that can help the Ukrainians repel the attacks by Russian warplanes, Russian missiles and rockets um, that have been really inflicting the most devastating humanitarian casualties um, and civilian casualties across Ukrainian cities over the last 20 days. Just for context, um, something like nearly 900 missiles have been fired into Ukraine by Russia um, since the start of the war. Do you feel the United States is doing enough for Ukraine and its people? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I, I, Zelensky called on us to do more, and I think we must. So on securing Ukrainian skies, on delivering additional and better and stronger defensive weapons, and even on sanctions. Um, you know, in the, in the hours since Zelensky uh, made his address in Congress and since President Biden made his remarks about the additional military funding, which is appreciated um, earlier this morning, News broke that 10 civilians in the city of Chernihiv in uh, northern Ukraine, not far from Kiev, died today because of Russian shelling while they were waiting in line for bread. Um, you know, I think the questions that we have to confront are how many more innocent lives need to be lost before we do war? How much worse does it need to get for us to answer Zelensky's call? And I think that to date, the West has failed to answer these very basic questions. I know you currently have family living in Ukraine. How are you holding up, Stephen, and how is your family? It's hard for me to, to, to find the words uh, just because I can't know what their experience is like. I, I don't know what it's like to have air raid sirens go off um, here in my city. I, I, I really can't imagine what it must feel like to fear for you know, a Russian missile landing in your home or in your apartment building. Um, when we do speak with our family in Ukraine, um, you know, the tone is, is very serious, obviously. Um, they are currently staying in Ukraine. Uh, they are, uh, like pretty much everybody across western Ukraine, they're providing shelter to displaced Ukrainians from central, southern, and eastern Ukraine who have fled west. Um, and they're also working with the local efforts there to help move humanitarian aid that comes across the Ukrainian border from Romania, from Poland, from Slovakia, from Hungary. I think many of us feel helpless when it comes to supporting Ukrainians. I know in the perfect world we could pack up our bags, quit our job, and, and go to that region and, and help in the fight, but obviously uh, that can't uh, happen in many cases. What can we be doing here at home to help end this war? Yeah, I mean, Minnesotans can do two key things. One is Every day, pick up the phone, make four 60-second phone calls 
Call your congressperson, call Amy Klobuchar, call Tina Smith, and call the White House and read the script that we have on that website, standwithukrainemn.com on the Take Action subpage. Um, that, that, that is huge. That will help convey the message that 74% of Americans support securing Ukraine sky, Ukrainian skies, and that can help us move the, move the needle on that lacking political will um, to make it happen. So that's, that's really important. And the other piece, for those who can, to donate and support uh, the humanitarian efforts. Ukrainians need an immense amount of medical aid right now, which is where our organization is focused, and humanitarian aid. But down the road, Ukrainians will also need um, support rebuilding. The, physically, Ukraine has been just pummeled um, by the Russians, and so the tanks are destroying Ukrainian roads and highways and fields uh, because Ukrainian farmers uh, have been using their tractors. It's incredible. Uh, they've been using their tractors to basically steal Russian tanks. Um, the Russians have now seemingly uh, witnessed that and seen it and taken note. And so they're now attacking infrastructure and agricultural infrastructure in Ukraine, which down the road may end up causing um, another humanitarian crisis just by lack of food. So um, the number one thing Minnesotans can do is to contact our rep your representative, contact your senators, contact the White House, read the little 60-second um, blurb that we have on our website, and advocate for securing Ukrainian skies so that Ukrainians can fight off the Russian invasion. Thanks again to my guest, Stephen Vitvitsky, a second-generation Ukrainian-American living in the Twin Cities. Back to you, Scott. Thank you, Tasha. Minnesota Matters returns after this. So you see, son, good manners are very, very important. Someday, many years from now, when you're a grown-up, you'll be a man. And when you are, you should be a gentleman. Do you want me to go through it one more time? Yes. Yes, please. Yes, please. Exactly. Always say please, thank you, you're welcome, and excuse me. Sit up straight, hold doors open for ladies. If a door's shut, then knock first. Don't burp, don't swear, don't speak with your mouthful, don't reach across people's plates, keep your elbows off the table. What tape? And don't interrupt. While we're at it, don't stare, don't use foul language, don't call people names, but do remember people's names. Always share your toys, play nice, and cover your mouth when you cough or sneeze. On the bus, give up your seat to anyone who has trouble standing. Bottom line, treat others the way you'd like to be treated. Got it? Got it. And stop picking your nose. Most parenting is hard to do in just two minutes. But spending just two minutes twice a day making sure they brush their teeth is easier and could help save them from a lifetime of tooth pain. For fun two-minute videos to watch while brushing, visit 2min2x.org. That's 2min2x.org. A message from the Partnership for Healthy Mouths, Healthy Lives, and the Ag Council. Welcome back to Minnesota Matters. Players within the Golden Gopher football program continue to volunteer their time to the community to fulfill head coach P.J. Fleck's desire to have his team serve and give. One such player is Mariano Sormarin, who joins MNN Sports Director Mike Grimm to talk about how he and his teammates most recently helped a local Girl Scout troop in selling cookies. Yeah, that, that was the last one that I did. And, you know, when I'm out there selling Girl Scout cookies, uh, you know, I was able to sneak a few in for myself. Caramel Delights is my favorite cookie that the Girl Scouts offer. So I was able to get a few of those in and, you know, pointing directions to people, uh, you know, where, where, the, where to buy Girl Scout cookies. Like, you don't look like a Girl Scout. I'm like, nah, maybe not a Girl Scout cookie, maybe a football player. But uh, no, it was a blast getting out in the community and just helping people out. 
lots of different things that this program does. I know uh, one of the other fun things that you do and uh, Cub Food, in fact, helps with this is the turkey drive. And on Thanksgiving, families who who might need, you know, to have some help uh, in terms of enjoying that Thanksgiving holiday. Uh, you guys got it now down to a system where it's almost like a drive through system. They'll get their turkey, they'll get their uh, fixings, and you guys are there to shake their hands and fist bump and make them feel good. And you guys have to feel good when it's all said and done. That's one of my favorites. And, you know, it's it's during the season, too. So it's a it's it's a nice step back from football. And going into that last game of the season, you really start to get that holiday feel. We got the music. We're out there in the cold. We got our hot coffee. It's really awesome to just get to see the community come together, you know, while we're still playing football and, and give back. And Thanksgiving is, you know, when you think Thanksgiving, you think football. So that's one of my favorites, just handing out turkeys and, and putting a smile on people's faces. You guys get connected to some of these young people, too, where you'll make multiple visits and you find out that, oh, he's got a surgery or she's got a surgery coming up. And you're you're kind of, as you say, you know, going along with them or as PJ would say, you know, you're rowing with them. Uh, take me through how you can get emotionally attached to and, and really follow it and, and, and worry and care and, and do those things when when these kids are going through what they're going through. For sure. There's there's two individuals in particular. You know, we got Brax, Team Brax, and uh, she's always coming and talking to us. She came to us before the Auburn game. She's came to us before a bunch of different games and just she's working with us and we see her in the building all the time. She's at practice and we see her growth and development, her battle with, you know, her own struggle and, and just to, for her to help us and we can help her at the same time is awesome. And it's just there's a bunch of different kids like that that we see constantly that are going through different things and you know we become friends with them i follow some of their parents on social media chit chat with them have a few texts and you know maybe before a game they'll reach out to us and that's what it's all about just giving back to the community and coming together as one just rowing together you guys have these coins too right that you give these these youngsters and i'm sure it's uh, cool when you come back to see them either holding the coin or the coin still there near them uh where where they're recovering or what have you tell us about that coin and, and and how meaningful it is yeah so it's a captain's coin and it's a very special coin so each player on the team gets a compass coin but if you get a captain's coin that means you're really special so you know the kids in the hospital when we come around to each room you're going to get a captain's coin and that means you know you're a part of the team you're a captain on the team and uh you know you're a role model and an inspiration for us all so those kids they they hold that coin very dear near and dear to their hearts and you know they come back to games and they're holding on to it in their pocket and that's just awesome because we know they're with we're with them, and uh, you know they're going to be rolling with with us while we're out there on the field. Yeah, and I, that's got to be a help for them to think that hey, I'm you know I'm getting support from these guys who are you know star football players in the Big Ten, and uh, and just to feel that that support and that comfort, I would think uh, is is awesome. And then on you on the other side to have those guys pulling for you to win against Penn State or Wisconsin or what have you as well. They look up to us, but at the same time, we're really looking up to them. You know, they're they're our superheroes, and they're our models because what they do is tremendous and uh you know couldn't even imagine you know how much they they battle and so that's why that's why we really look up to them and they're, they're the real superheroes here you also uh, do stuff with with other children i know you have football camps for kids and then the the uh, kids uh, hope kids day also where you have all these different things you had the uh, trick-or-treaters come in one day how cool it is to have uh, the kids running around the facility there and and uh, looking up to you guys Oh, it's awesome. You know, especially the Hope Kids Camp where we actually get to do football with some of these kids. You know, it's awesome because that's what we do. We do football. So when we get to teach them a little bit, um, you know, throw the ball around, that's the best. And, and my favorite station, and I, I've ran it for the last four years, is the tackling. So just to see the kids get to run at the bag and, 
take it down and give them give us their best celebration is a blast and they're they're out there smiling we're smiling and you know it's just a good step back to to the busy life we live and realize like this is what it's all about this is why we play football and we give back to the community that's going to do it for us for this week thank you so much for listening please tune in again next week for minnesota matters on this mnn station